Well, good morning and welcome to worship here at Embrace. So grateful that you guys have chosen to join us this morning to worship the Lord here as a family that we call Embrace. Grateful to have you with us. If it's your first time, let me just be one of the first to welcome you and let you know how glad we are that you're with us today. If it is your first time and you would like to let us know, there are these bright blue connect cards in your pew. This is a great way to share your information with us or get on our email list. Or there's lots of great options on the back if you're interested in learning about small groups or volunteer opportunities or meeting with a pastor or leader. You can also fill out a prayer request. We have a prayer team that keeps those confidential but takes them very seriously and lifts those up each week. So if you fill this out in any manner, you are welcome to turn it in at the boxes at the back or the side door over here by the end of the service today. You can also put contributions there if you would like to give in person this morning. You can also always give at embraceyourcity.com slash give. I'll also remind you on the welcome tables when you came in and when you leave this morning, we have an announcement sheet. That's the same as the announcement email that goes out. So multiple great ways to find out what's going on in the community. Exciting things coming up like our youth headed to camp in about a month or so. So we're raising some funds to be able to send them on scholarship and um, lots of other great things for you to check out too. I will remind you that this is a first Sunday, which means there's no Wonder Room today, but there are activities and um, sensory objects at the back of the sanctuary if you would like to grab some of those and bring them back to the pew to work with during church today. So without further ado, I'll turn it over to our worship team. Good morning, everyone. You are the brave souls that face the rain and the storms. We're so glad to have you. I invite you to stand. Let's enter into this call of worship as we start our uh, corporate worship time together. Let's pre prepare our hearts and minds for what the Lord has for us this morning. O oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you. As the day rises to meet the sun, glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now. Sing those who trust, those who trust in the Lord are a strong mountain, they will not, will not be moved. Those who trust in the Lord are a strong mountain. 
to join me in this confession. We know that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. Merciful God, we confess that we are not sing on Christ the solid rock I stand a reminder that Jesus doesn't change regardless of what's going on in our world or in our own lives on Christ the solid rock I stand all of the ground is sinking sand and all of the ground is sinking sand The sweetest frame, but holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, all of the ground is sinking sand. When dark
darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne, faultless to stand before the throne, faultless to stand before the throne. Shadows of night. 
stepped out from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my Can have a seat. 
Good morning. It is uh, really, really good to be together today. Uh, glad y'all faced the, the rain and got out here, um, survived on your way here. So it's good to gather together this morning. We come together today, and, and y'all, there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of hard stuff happening. You know, we have more just terrible news, even just last night, of more violence in our, in our nation. And there's just a lot that's weighing on our hearts. Uh, many of us some of us have lost loved ones that we care about um, just in the last week, and, and we're holding a lot, and we're carrying a lot, and I think that um, it's just hard, hard to live life right now. It's hard to keep moving forward. It's hard to hold on to that hope that Jesus offers us. One reason we gather together um, is to, to lift one another up, and, and for me, every time I get together on Sunday and Monday for our worship services and our gatherings, often I come into it feeling really low or really down. And not quite myself, and, and almost every single time I leave here feeling more encouraged and more hopeful. And I think there's something powerful that happens when we all gather together. In Scripture it says that when two or three are gathered, that God is here among us. And, and I think God is present to me when I'm by myself out in the middle of nowhere, but God, I think, is present in a different and a special way when we're all with one another in community, and God's Spirit is moving here in this space. And, and my hope for you this morning is that if you're struggling or you're feeling low or you're feeling like you just don't know if you can keep moving forward, that, that you will be encouraged today uh, through gathering in this space. Um, we, we need to, as Christians, we have to stay awake to both the horror and the hope, right? We can't close our eyes and turn our backs to the awful things that are happening because Jesus is calling us into those places, right, to, to spread hope and joy. But we also have to keep our eyes open to the hope that Jesus offers us. And so we feel that tension every time we come together and we sing songs about hope and about happiness and about joy, and at the same time, we're also struggling, and, and we live in that tension, but the beautiful thing is God is there with us in that tension. So this morning, even as we gather, um, knowing that there's heavy stuff that we're facing, we're also here to celebrate and to give thanks to God and, and celebrate new life. And so um, we're going to do something a, a little bit uh, different, a little special this morning, um, we are going to do a, what we call, we haven't done exactly this before at our church, but we're going to have a, a service of thanksgiving uh, for new life today. And so we have a young one in our church, um, and, and we're going to just uh, honor her and celebrate her this morning. Uh, she was a little over a year old now, um, but we want to celebrate her new life, and, and we want you all um, to, to join us in that. So I'm going to invite Leandra and Rayleigh and her family to come on up to the front. Let's give them a hand as they come to the front. Leandra and I uh, were talking a few weeks ago, and, and Leandra really wanted us to have a, a special moment to um, just to honor this, this wonderful gift uh, of this little girl in her life um, and the life of this family. I, I've experienced this myself. Uh, a, a young one just changes everything and brings so much joy and life to us, and Leandra really wanted, um, and her family wanted, not just her to, to be raising her up in the faith by herself, but wanted to invite the whole church into that process, um, and, and really ask you all, and invite you all in to help raise her up um, as a follower of Jesus, and so, um, yeah, are you happy about this? Um, and so, we've got just a short little service we're going to do, um, there'll be a couple of parts where I'll ask you all to say something. And then I also have some things I'm going to uh, address the family as well. And so, um, if y'all could join with me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, 
The birth of a child is a joyous and solemn occasion. It is also an occasion for rejoicing with the church family. So I invite you to join in giving thanks to God, whose children we all are, for the gift of Raylena Mildred Thompson to be a part of this church family. So to you all as the family, I want to say these words. May you daily give thanks to God for Rayleigh, the joy and love she brings to your home. As she grows by your words and life, may you help her develop a strong foundation of faith and an awareness of Jesus Christ and his abiding presence. And I have a charge for you as well. And now in the sight of God and in the presence of these gathered here today, do you accept as your privilege and responsibility to live before Rayleigh a life that represents the gospel, to exercise all care that she be taught the holy scriptures, and that she learn to regularly participate in worship and service. If you agree, say, we will. All right, and I have a charge for the church as well, and when I'm done, if you all agree, y'all can say, we will as well. I charge you, Embrace Church, to do all you can to provide and support a place of worship in this community where Rayleigh may experience God's presence, love, and grace. I urge you to be faithful in providing instruction and discipleship and to demonstrate kindness and compassion towards all children. I charge you to covenant before God to set an example by your lives and to maintain an atmosphere in this church which shall inspire Rayleigh and to maintain an atmosphere in this church that's going to inspire her to desire the Christian way of life if you agree to do this, uh, please say, we will. All right. You got the microphone, huh? And so now with joy, I present Raylena Mildred Thompson, a precious child of God. Praise be to God. And now I ask you all to join along with me. And I want us to pray this prayer together. We'll say it slowly, but we're going to pray this over Rayleigh's life. Gracious God, we thank you for the precious gift of Rayleigh in our midst. We come before you with gratitude for the gift of this child, for the joy that has come into this family, and the grace with which you surround them and all of us. We ask that you pour out your spirit upon them and us. Enable us to overflow with love and establish homes that honor you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray these things. Amen. All right, let's give Rayleigh and her family a hand this morning. Yeah, we've got so many young ones in our church, and uh, we, we're going to have more coming up here in the, in the next few months, so get ready for it. Um, it's great uh, to have so much life in our congregation. You know, I, having lots of kids in a church can be a bit chaotic at times, but I, I, I embrace the chaos because I think it's just a beautiful um, sign of new life. It's a sign of joy. Um, and, and I just love that our kids want to be here. It's been really neat lately to see some of our young ones um, who are in elementary school making decisions to want to get baptized, which has been really wonderful. Um, I've had other kids talk to me and say, hey, I'm, I'm interested in that. I'd like to know more about that. 
And so it's just really neat to see the way God is working through our, our young ones at our church. And, and we can follow their lead. Uh, they, they really have hopes and dreams for our church. And, and often I think the kids are more connected to what God is doing in our world than, than perhaps anyone. And so uh, Jesus in the Gospels, I, one of my favorite stories is in Mark chapter 10 when the disciples are uh, trying to keep the mothers away. There's the mothers wanting to bring children to Jesus so he could bless them and encourage them and care for them. And the disciples try to keep the mothers and these kids away from Jesus because they thought Jesus had better things to do with his time. And Jesus strongly rebukes them in that story. And he says, no, 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 you don't hinder these kids. Let the children come to me. And for, for decades now at this church, we've been saying that very thing. Let the children come to us. And, and they've been coming. And they're going to keep coming. And so uh, it's exciting and it's a beautiful thing. Today, um, we do not have our Wonder Room this morning for the children because it's the first Sunday of the month, and so our kiddos will be here in the sanctuary with us. Parents, there are some things in the back you're welcome to grab and take back to your pews for your kids if you want to help keep them engaged, um, but I encourage you all to, to check that out if you need to. Um, I want to make just a, a quick announcement, and then got something else to share, and then we're going to pray together. Um, but first, um, I want to make an announcement about Aldersgate Camp. Um, Aldersgate is a wonderful ministry um, here in Kentucky that we've been sending kids to for a very long time at this church. And uh, we're grateful to have uh, Lee uh, and Debbie Padgett here this morning uh, who worked out there for, for a long time and, and helped run that camp for, for, for many, many years. How long were you there for? 24 years. That's wild. Uh, and so when we first started sending kids out there, Lee was the camp director, and, and he was really instrumental at helping our church develop a strong partnership there through providing um, half scholarships for our students um, to make it possible for any student in our neighborhood who wanted to go to camp to be able to go. And they have been faithful to continue that all the way up till today. And so we've been able to, to take lots and lots of kids out to camp, dozens and dozens and dozens of kids. Some of them are, are grown up now and are here this morning even. And it's been a life-changing experience for so many young people. And so this summer, we are looking to take, I believe, 24 students are going to camp this summer. And these will be middle school and high school kids. And some of them are part of Common Good. Most of them are involved in the youth group here. Some attend here on Sunday mornings. And so what we do at Embrace is we... We provide sponsorships for half of the cost, and then Aldersgate provides scholarships for the other half um, to make it possible for our kids to go. And so for $150, you can give a student a life-changing opportunity um, for a week at camp this summer. And that is the best deal uh, you can ever find because uh, you're investing and in planting seeds into their life that has really impacted uh, students um, for, for I mean, really for generations because they're passing it on even to their kids. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful ministry. And so I encourage you all to consider we still need 13 more sponsorships. So we've already had a really good response just from last week. Um, but I encourage you if you're able to give to support camp, you can do that this morning. Um, if you want to, to give and you are able to do it this morning with a check, you can write Aldersgate in the memo. And then you can put it in this box by the door over here or in the box in the back of the room. You can also give online as well, and I believe there's a way. Is there a way to do a memo on our online donations, maybe? Um, and so you can put a memo if you go online and make a donation. You can do a one-time gift for $150, put on there Aldersgate. If you can't figure it out, just call us, and, and we'll, we'll help you out um, and make sure that that happens. So um, thank you all so much for considering 
um, giving to Aldersgate. So that, that's really exciting news. I also have um, just some difficult news to share. Many of you probably already know, um, but someone that I, Laura and I love dearly and, and has been a part of Embrace um, unexpectedly passed away this week. Um, and he was, um, his name's Ellie John Candu, and he was somebody that I have known for a very long time. Ellie John came to this church probably, I think, around 2007 or 2008, along with his family, and some of his family members are, are even here this morning. And uh, he was part of our youth group uh, starting in middle school and really became, like a, in many ways, like a son to me and, and for many others in this church. And so it's somebody that, that I love dearly, and, and it's just really hard. Our hearts are really heavy this morning. Ellie John was like probably one of the most competitive people you'll ever meet, um, even more so than my wife, who is probably one of the second most competitive people I know. Um, but Ellie John uh, loved playing sports. We would always play ultimate frisbee over at Castlewood. We've been playing for over 10 years. Um, we're going to have a game today, hopefully if the rain doesn't uh, get in our way, to honor him this afternoon. Um, he was a wrestler at, at Bryan Station High School. Um, played all sorts of sports, got into MMA uh, in, as a young adult and, and really thrived and succeeded there. He's a bodybuilder. He was involved in all different things. And Ellie John's the kind of guy, when you meet him, you, you think he's kind of a tough dude, you know, because he has kind of a tough exterior. He was a very intense uh, guy. But, but underneath of all that, he had such a soft heart, and he loved people um, so much. And he was one of the most accepting people I know. He he always was uh, just willing to include anyone in his circle. And uh, he was a friend to me and, and to so many others. And we just want to give him honor this morning. I want to show you all just a few pictures I've found of different things that he did throughout our church. That was when I first met him. And Jordan uh, was also part of our church. And she, she comes around still sometimes. You can keep going through those, Tom. There's Ellie and Jimmy and, and Merci. Some folks there that are part of our church as well. Ellie loved to hike as well. We, we took him out to the gorge a lot. We would always uh, go out there and hike, and I was always trying to keep up with him. There was a cheers to some cheeseburgers uh, at McDonald's. That's at uh, Ben's graduation there, um, and Ellie's the one standing there next to Ben and Dorcas. But I just wanted to say something about him this morning. We're going to have a service on Tuesday night here at the church at 7 o'clock. Visitation will be from 4 to 7, and, uh, and so it'll be right here in the sanctuary, and so anybody's invited to come for that. Uh, 4 to 7 for visitation service at 7, and, and we'll have more to share um, at that service, but I encourage you all. Um, if you know him or even if you don't, um, I encourage you all to come out and, and celebrate and honor his life on uh, Tuesday night um, because he was part of our community and, and this is going to be felt uh, by a lot of people for a long time. And so I encourage you to hold his family and his friends and all of us in your prayers. Um, so we're going to move into a time of prayer and I'm going to kneel here at the altar and if anybody else would like to join me, you're welcome to. When we're done with our time of prayer, um, you can join me in saying the Lord's Prayer, and those words will be on the screen. 
God, we come to you this morning with holding a lot. We're, we're holding like tremendous pain and, and grief and loss. And we're also feeling gratitude and joy. And, and God, we're, we're just needing you to show up for us now. God, sometimes life just seems like it's too much. Sometimes life just seems way too fragile. And it's hard to, to feel like we're standing on any kind of solid ground. And God, we're asking this morning as we sang that, that you would be our solid rock, that you would be that firm foundation that we can stand on when, when everything around us seems so shaky and so so unsure and uncertain. God, help us to find some kind of peace and some kind of consistency in you, Lord. I pray that we could find peace in you and comfort in you. Ultimately, find our grounding in you, Lord, that you would be the, the guide that we need so that we can continue to navigate this really difficult season that we're in. This week, God, we, we come through a week of just so much so much hard stuff, Lord. This morning we're holding in our hearts uh, those in, in Texas who are enduring yet another mass shooting. And God, we just pray that, that God somehow an end, an end to this madness. And God, we're praying, come Lord Jesus, come and, and do something, Lord. Shake people up, cause people to want to change and want to, to do some things to provide some safety for our communities. Lord, we pray that, that, that your Holy Spirit would move. Move into the, the, the hearts and lives of individuals, but also through our, our halls of power and, and through our laws and policies and all the things, Lord, to, to help create a more just society where we see more peace and shalom in our world. God, our hearts are also heavy for just the, the lives that have been lost to more to gun violence just this week. I'm holding in my heart uh, Damar, who passed away in Castlewood, who is connected to, to folks at our church even, and, and we hold his family and his friends in our heart this morning. There's so much, God. Lord, we need you. We need you desperately. God, today I just want to pray over all of us here in this space and beyond that, God, we would feel your comforting presence, that, God, we could stay committed to you in the midst of hard times, and that you would be our light in the midst of darkness. We pray you would ease our burdens just a little bit this morning, that you would lighten our load just a little bit this morning, and that we could leave here feeling uh, a little bit more peace and a little more close to you, and that we would leave here feeling encouraged because of these uh, profound truths that we find all throughout Scripture and, and these things that we believe in you, Lord, that these truths could penetrate our hearts and our souls and impact the way we live, that whatever it is we're seeking that we would find in you this morning. Help us, Lord, to have eyes to see you, ears to hear you, hands that can touch you this morning, that we could truly taste and see that the Lord is good today. God, we need you so much, and, and 
So ultimately, what's on my heart today is just a prayer of need, God, because we are in desperate need of your love and grace. And we thank you that you are the perfect parent, our father and mother, who cares for us deeply and wraps uh, your wings around us like a mother, a mother hen, Lord, bringing us in close, protecting us, holding us tight, making sure that we're okay. Help us to find our refuge and our strength in you this morning. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, who taught us this prayer a long time ago, and people have been praying it ever since, and so we join together and say this prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for joining with me in prayer this morning. I just have a few words to share with you today. This is going to be a, a short message, but I also have a song that, that I want to share with you after. Sometimes when I'm going through a hard time, the words are, are hard to find, but I find music often speaks to me a little bit more than, than just hearing uh, someone talk or sometimes the words to a song really just touch my heart. And so I want to share a song after I'm done um, sharing just a few thoughts this morning. We're continuing our series in the book of First Peter. And First Peter, as I reminded you last week, was a book that was written to people who were really suffering and going through really hard times. The people in First Peter were facing seemingly insurmountable odds. Um, and, and they were going through a lot of suffering and pain. And Peter was really trying as an elder in the community to try to shepherd them and guide them on how they're going to make it out there in that harsh and violent and difficult world that, that we face each and every day. And, and I think his words couldn't be more current for us today because we as Christians and just people are trying to navigate this harsh and violent world in which we live and trying to figure out how to stay faithful to Jesus in the midst of all of it. And it's not easy to do, and we make a lot of mistakes, and we get confused, and we don't know what to do at any given time, and, and we really have to listen to the Spirit. And I believe God's Spirit can speak to us through this book, this letter that was written, this ancient letter that was written a long, long time ago, um, but I think still has power for us today. So the letter of First Peter begins like this. I want to read the first just lines of it to start. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. That's how he starts his letter begins by saying who wrote it, Peter, an apostle of Jesus, and then afterwards it was standard practice then to tell who you were writing the letter to. Now I want to highlight two words in the opening of this uh, book of First Peter. The word exiles and the word chosen. So Peter wrote to a group of people that he referred to as exiles. Y'all want to know what an exile is? An exile the exiles are people who have been displaced, people who have been banished, kicked out, 
people who no longer belong, people who seemingly have no home. These people that Peter was writing to, they could have been people who were actually kicked out of their nation and forced to live in a foreign land. This had happened to the Jewish people multiple times throughout their history. It also could be people who were spiritual or social exiles, maybe still living in their homeland, but rejected by the people around them. These are the people that Peter took the time to write this letter to. Exiles, people who have been displaced, who didn't belong, who were left out. These were people who were suffering. They were displaced. They were without a home, seemingly in a hopeless situation. Yet Peter also refers to them as chosen. To be chosen is very different from being an exile, right? To be chosen is to be seen, to be valued, to be noticed, to be desired. To be chosen is ultimately to be loved. They were exiles, but also chosen. And this is ultimately the basic message, I think, of 1 Peter. That you have been rejected by those around you, but God has affirmed you, and God has chosen you. Your suffering that you're going through does not mean that you have messed up. It does not mean you are flawed. It does not mean that you're not praying enough or that you don't have enough faith. Suffering happens in a broken world. And sometimes following God will actually bring suffering into our lives. And Peter brings up the fact that Jesus suffered too. And Jesus was, of course, precious to God the Father. You are suffering and you are also precious to God. Last week I argued that 1 Peter is really a letter of strategy that sought to help these young Christians stay faithful to Jesus in the midst of a harsh and difficult world. And I would argue the most important thing that they needed to know was that they had a new identity in Jesus. Jesus died and rose, and that because of Jesus, they could know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they were loved by God, that they were precious, that they were powerful, and that they were honored. Even though the world treated them as exiles. Let me read our text for today, and I just want to say a few thoughts about it. Peter says, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him 
who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen. Some powerful words there. I feel like Peter's just using everything he can to say that you all matter, that you are loved, and that God has transformed everything about you. To these suffering Christians, Peter uses many images and scriptures and arguments. He uses as many as he can think of to communicate the basic truth that they mattered to God, that they are loved, that their suffering does not mean that God had forgotten them. In fact, the opposite has happened. God has blessed them, not forgotten them. God has blessed them with so many gifts that can sustain them in this difficult journey of life. They are not rejected by God, but blessed and chosen by God. To the exiles who had been displaced and did not have a place to belong, God blessed them with a new family, a spiritual house, a community. And this new family that has been given is the church. It is a place of belonging, of equality, of care. We talked about last week how slaves and these women who had unbelieving husbands, they lived in other homes where there was not equality, there was not care, there was not love. Yet at the church they found a new home and a new family where they did experience that belonging that they had been searching for. And it changed their lives. Perhaps their community had rejected them or shamed them or kicked them out. But Peter told them that God had given them a new community. He says, once you were no people, but now you are a people, right? You have been chosen by God. Not just you as an individual, but all of you to have community together. Our churches ought to be places where exiles can find a home. People who have been rejected are welcomed in and included. It's not that complicated. To the exiles who felt alone and far from God, Peter reminded them that Jesus was indeed very close to them. So close that he said that you have tasted him. We can taste and see him because Jesus is so close to us. And Peter told them that Jesus is actually part of this new community, this new spiritual house that was being built, because Jesus is, in fact, the cornerstone of this house. He is there. He is in the foundation. He's not going anywhere. Jesus was with them always. And we can see how that might be encouraging to people who felt like they didn't belong, that no matter what we face in life, Scripture teaches us that Jesus is with us through it all. And we cannot stop talking about that. That is so important to know that Jesus is with us through all the things that we face in life. And that has given incredible strength and courage to all the great cloud of witnesses that have come before us to continue marching forward in the midst of unspeakable pain and loss and difficulties. To the exiles who endured public shaming and rejection and poverty and violence, to those who struggled to believe in themselves, God told them that they were chosen, that they were royalty, 
that they were a holy nation, God's special possession, the people of God. Keep in mind, the Christians that Peter was writing to, they were marginalized people who had been rejected and were experiencing economic oppression and even victims of violence and being told publicly and privately that they did not matter. Yet God told them, no, you're actually a royal priesthood. I mean, that's, I mean, he could not pick even more bold language to use. You are a holy nation. You are precious. You are God's special possession, the people of God. They were given a new status, a new identity, which sustained them as they walked this difficult journey together. People may lie on you, they may label you, they may tell you that you don't mean anything or that you are worthless, yet God says that you are precious, that you are beautiful, and that you are loved. Peter reminds us that we all belong to a family. We got one right here, a little dysfunctional at times, but beautiful. He reminds us that Jesus is with us through everything that we go through. And he reminds us that our identity and worth is found in God. Not because of your accomplishments, not because of how hard you work or how many hours you put in, not because of what job you have or the title you have at your job, not based on what your family says about you or anything. God sees you and God loves you and God says you are precious and that you are valuable and that you are chosen. As we navigate these incredible challenges and hardships, as we navigate loss and all the things that we're facing in our lives, I am hearing these words as an encouragement and a challenge to me that we need to stay close to our church family through all this. Oftentimes when we go through hard times, we distance ourselves. If you're going through something really hard and you're even ashamed of what you're doing or whatever, you still belong here in our church and we want you here and we need one another no matter what we're facing in our lives. So we need to stay close to our church family. I'm also thinking that we need to walk with Jesus every day and press into Jesus every day through spiritual practices, through prayer, through conversations. And, and this is something that's so hard to do when we're facing challenges. And I'm also thinking that we need to uh, not care as much about what others say about us, but worry more about what God thinks about us. Right now, uh, many of us are dealing with just more profound loss in our lives. And we're overwhelmed by the weight of the world, and we're struggling to hold on to hope. And I think the letter of 1 Peter can remind us of how we can navigate these uncertain times. So I'll remind you of these three things that Peter offers us. We have a new family. Jesus is with us, and our identity and worth is found in God. I'm going to share a, a song Christina is going to sing with me, and it, it's a song that I was listening to this week, and it really spoke to me uh, in the midst of kind of a low moment I was facing, and it brought me encouragement, and so maybe, uh, maybe it'll bring you all encouragement as well.
is a song about finding Jesus in the midst of everything that we face in life. So these words can just be a blessing for you this morning. When my work takes me places I don't want to go, Christ before me, my heart aches with sorrow as I hit the road, Christ be with me, when the care of my family takes all that I Christ within me when I'm worn and exhausted, ashamed that I'm mad. Christ defend me. I rise up today in a strength that is not my own. Held by the promise of God that I'm never alone. And I'm tossed to the side and I want to give up. Christ beside me. And I'm working so hard, but it's never enough. Christ beside me. I work hard, but someone else gets the reward. God's eyes see me. I ask for promotion, and they shut the door. God's ears hear me. I rise up today in a strength that is not my own. Held by the promise of God that I'm never alone. When I climb the first steps toward a long-held dream, Christ above me, I leap out in faith and I hope to find wings. Christ be rise up today in a strength that is not my own. I'm held by the promise of God that I'm never alone. So we're going to share communion this morning, and we uh, share communion every week at Embrace, and we share it weekly because we ultimately believe that we need Jesus, as much of Jesus as we can get, and I think communion is 
a way to help us stay grounded and stay connected to Christ as we go throughout our, our lives. And so every week we always come back to the table and we remember Jesus, not just his death, but the whole scope of Jesus' life and what he stood for, what he taught, the way he lived. We also remember his resurrection and his ascension up to the throne in heaven. And we, and we pray when we take communion also that Jesus would come back soon and, and make all this right and, and set our, our world back on the path that it needs to be on. And so um, this morning as we share communion, I just want you to know that Jesus is present, that Jesus is here with us. Jesus is present in this meal, and I believe an extra special way that when we take this bread and we drink this juice, that we experience Christ and His mystical and spiritual presence within us as we share the Lord's Supper together. And, and this can help sustain us as we continue to, to try to walk this path of, of righteousness and goodness and peace that, that God has laid out before us. So I want y'all, as y'all come forward to take communion in a few moments, just to to come forward with your hands open because you know you need Jesus in your life. And also come forward with a, maybe a little bit of confidence knowing that, that with Jesus we actually do have strength. <laughs> that we do have power. Je- Scripture teaches this that when we are weak, He is strong. And, and not only did Jesus forgive us for our sin and, and, and take on all the evil in the world on the cross, but He rose from the dead and we believe He conquered these things and overcame these things. And gives us the power to stand up and to continue to march forward even when we feel like we can't do it. Because Christ is with us through it all. Christ is sustaining us through it all. So if y'all pray with me just for a moment. God, we come before you this morning just asking that you would meet us here today. We pray, Lord, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon this bread and juice and whatever folks are using at home this morning for this Um, holy and meaningful time that that God you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon this food and drink that it would be for us the body and blood of Christ that you would fill us up this morning in a fresh way and that we would leave here changed because we've encountered you I pray Lord that you would continue to to work in us and empower us and sustain us as we seek to walk that narrow path that you've laid out before us for those who have maybe feel like they've fallen off the, the path a bit or maybe fallen off the wagon in one way or another and they're, they're just not feeling it right now. I pray, God, that you would be near to them, that you would reach out to them, that you would take their hand and pull them back up and that you would speak words of life and forgiveness and love to them this morning and that they could receive that invitation to join you and continue to walk with you. Lord, we're trusting this morning that you are not far from us, that you are near, that no matter how far we try to run, that you follow us and that we cannot get far from you. Lord, we're trusting in your, in your scriptures that tell us we could climb the highest mountain and you're there and we could go into the deepest valley and you're still there as well. We could travel across the ocean and you're still there. We could be in the depths of the sea and you're still there. God, help us, Lord, to be mindful of your presence. And help us to trust that your presence is not something to be afraid of. Because you've shown us what you're really about. That you desperately want to know us. That you want us to be in relationship with you. And that you want to be the guide that that leads us on how we live and act in this world. That you want us, Lord, to join you in your work of redemption. To see this world become a, a place of peace and not violence. A place of love and not hatred. 
a place of open arms and not walls. God, help us to see, God, that invitation that you offer us today to a life that's full and good and holy, and that we're to receive your grace and love this morning. I pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said together, amen. I'm going to go ahead and invite those who are helping me serve communion to come on up. As they're coming forward, I'll just give you a brief instruction in case you've not taken communion with us in a while. Um, We've moved back to taking communion by coming forward with the common loaf and the uh, common cup. And so when you come forward, your server will tear off a piece of bread for you, and then they'll dip it in the cup for you. And I, I encourage you, when you come forward, just have your hands open to receive the bread. They'll place the bread with the juice in your hand, and then you can eat it and kneel at the altar and pray if you would like. If you would prefer to use the prepackaged communion elements, they are in the back of the room, and you're welcome to just go back there and use those. And um, It's no problem at all. If you would like prayer, I'd be happy to lift you up in prayer. I'll just be up here in the front. Just call me over, and I'll be happy to lift you up in prayer this morning. But everybody is welcome to, to join us for communion. This is an open table. All who want to know Jesus more are invited to come. So I invite you to come as you feel led.
so much for being here. Thanks to our worship team for leading us in some wonderful music this morning. I think, uh, I think drums like got to be close to the heartbeat of God, you know. It's like the first instruments that ever were played in this world, you know. So this is good. Sherry likes that, yeah. Um, but I uh, encourage you all now to prepare your hearts to receive the benediction and stand as you're able this morning for the benediction. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.